Hello, and thank you for joining me today. I'm Karen Davis, the founder and president of United Poultry Concerns, a nonprofit organization that promotes compassion and respect for chickens, turkeys, ducks, and other domesticated birds. Today I discuss the question, do chickens form intentions? Can they form intentions? The poultry industry represents chickens bred for food as mentally vacuous, eviscerated organisms. Hens bred for commercial egg production are said by the industry to be suited to a caged environment with no need for personal space or normal foraging and social activity. They are characterized as aggressive cannibals who, notwithstanding their otherwise mindless passivity and comfort living in a cage, cannot live together in a cage without first having part of their sensitive beaks burned off. Otherwise, the egg industry says, these hens will tear each other up. Similarly, the instinct to fuss over her eggs and be a mother hen has been rooted out of these hens, so the industry claims. And the idea of a person having a social relationship with one of these hens is dismissed as mere sentimentality. I confess I have yet to meet a single example of these so-called cannibalistic cage-loving hens. Over the years, we've adopted hundreds of hens into our sanctuary straight from the battery cages, which is all they have ever known until they were rescued and placed gently on the ground where they felt the earth next to their bodies for the first time in their lives. To watch a little group of nearly featherless hens with naked necks and mutilated beaks respond to this experience is deeply moving. Because their bones have never been properly exercised and their toenails are long and spindly from never having scratched in the ground before, some hens take a few days learning to walk normally and to fly up to a perch and settle on it securely. But their desire to do these things is evident from the time they arrive, and they work on it until they get it right. Hens released from a battery cage and placed on the ground almost invariably start making the increasingly vigorous gestures of taking a dust bath. They fling up the dirt with their claws. They rake in particles of earth with their beaks. They fluff up their feathers, roll on their sides, pausing from time to time with their eyes closed and stretching out their legs in obvious joy at being able to satisfy their urge to clean themselves and to be clean. Carefully lifting a battered hen who has known nothing before but brutal handling by a human out of her carrier and placing her on the ground to begin taking her first dust bath is a gesture from which trust between human and hen grows. If hens were flowers, it would be like watching a flower unfold, or in the case of a little flock of hens set carefully on the ground together, a little field of flowers transforming themselves from withered stalks into blossoms. For chickens, dust bathing is not only a cleansing activity, it is also a social gathering. Typically, one hen begins the process and she is quickly joined by other hens and sometimes also by one or two roosters. Soon the hens are buried deep in their dust bowls. Eventually, one by one, the little flock emerges from their ritual bath all refreshed. Each bird stands up vigorously shakes the dirt particles out of her or his feathers, creating a fierce little dust storm before running off to the next engaging activity. 
One day, years ago, I drove from Maryland to New York to pick up seven former battery caged hens. Instead of caging them in the car, I allowed them to sit together in the back seat on towels so they wouldn't be cramped yet again in a dark enclosure, unable to see out the windows. Also, I wanted to watch them through my rearview mirror and talk to them. Once their anxiety had subsided, the hen sat quietly in the car, occasionally standing up to stretch a wing or a leg, all the while peering out from under their pale and pendulous combs, that is, the bright red comb on top of a chicken's head, which grows abnormally long and yellowish-white in the caged environment. As I drove, I spoke to the hens of the life that awaited. Then an astonishing thing happened. The most naked and pitiful-looking hen began making her way slowly from the back seat across the passenger seat separator toward me. She settled herself in my lap for the remainder of the trip. She closed her eyes and rested. The question has been asked whether chickens can form intentions. Do they have what is called intentionality? Do chickens consciously formulate purposes and carry them out? In the rearview mirror, I watched the hen we named Bonnie, that almost featherless hen, make a difficult yet beeline trip from the back seat of the car into my lap. Reliving the scene in my mind, I see her journey as her intention to reach me. Once she had obtained her objective, she rested quietly without further incident. Intentionality in chickens is shown in many ways. An example is a hen's desire not only to lay an egg, but to lay her egg in a particular place with a particular group of hens, or in a secluded spot that she has chosen, and she has definitely chosen it. I've watched our hens delay laying their egg until they got to where they wanted to be. Conscious or not at the outset, once the intention has been formed, the hen is consciously and emotionally committed to accomplishing it. No other interpretation of her behavior makes sense by comparison. Sarah, for example, another hen from a battery cage rescue, came to our sanctuary with osteoporosis and a broken leg. Growing stronger, she was determined to climb the front steps of our house one big step at a time, just so she could lay her egg in the bathroom next to the second floor landing. This was a hen who had never known anything before in her life but a crowded metal cage among thousands of cages in a windowless building. I was Sarah's friendly facilitator. I cheered her on. The interest I showed in her and her wishes and successes was a critical part of her recovery, both physical and mental. These days in the morning, when I unhook the door to the little house in which eight hens and Sir Valerie Valentine the rooster spend the night, Josephine the hen runs alongside me and dashes ahead down to the big house where she waits in eager anticipation while I unlock the door to let those birds out into the yard. Once they rush out, in goes Josephine, straight to her favorite spot, shaped by herself into a comfortable nest on top of a bale of straw that, envisioned in her mind's eye, she is determined to get to. 
Why else, unless she remembered the place and her experience in it with anticipatory pleasure, would she be determined day after day to repeat the episode? She knows that I hold the keys to her little straw kingdom, that she is so eager to re-enter, and she accompanies me trustingly as we make our way toward it. Likewise, our hen Charity knew that I held the keys to the basement where she laid her eggs for many years in a pile of books in a cabinet next to the table that I worked at. Unlike Josephine, Charity wanted to lay her egg in a private place without the fussing of other hens gathered together and sharing a nest, often accompanied by the rooster crowing the egg-laying news amid the cacophony of cackles. Charity did not like that. However, she did not mind my presence in the basement. She seemed to like me sitting there, each of us intent on our own silent endeavor. When she was ready to lay her egg, Charity would pace back and forth in front of the window on the opposite side of the house where I sat at my table facing the window. If I didn't respond quickly enough, she started pecking at the window with an increasing bang, bang, bang to get me to move. By the time I ran up the steps and opened the cellar door, she was already standing there, having raced around the house as soon as she saw me get up from the table. Down the cellar steps she came, jumped into the cabinet, and settled as still as a stone in her book nook. After she had laid her egg and spent a little time with it, she let me know she was ready to go back outside, running up the steps to the landing where she waited until I opened the basement door and out she went. To conclude, there is no question in my mind that chickens form conscious intentions of what they want to do and where they want to be when they do it. Every afternoon around four o'clock, I go outside to break up some bread and throw it over the fence for Rowdy, the rooster, and his hens. And guess what? They are already gathered on their side of the fence, expecting my arrival. Clearly, their behavior shows memory and conscious intention of a pleasurable moment in their day. Clearly, they want to be ready for it, and they are ready for it. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and that you have found it interesting and useful. Please share it with others in your social media network. Thank you very much for listening, and please join me for the next podcast episode of Thinking Like a Chicken, News and Views, and have a wonderful day. <music>